hair and why don't you go ahead and give us an intro? The fuck? <laughs> okay, there's the explosive writing for the, for yep. the week. This is called Weird World. Okay, good one. Yeah. The podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm, I'm Dean. I'm Carrie. And today Carrie is going to tell us a story, a mystery, a, if I'm not giving too much away. You're not. Disappearance. It is Ooh, a mysterious disappearance. Of have a good non-mysterious disappearance. Yeah, we That's wouldn't. True. We probably wouldn't bring you a boring disappearance. Yeah. Hey, disappeared, but it wasn't that big a deal. No one ever found him. Well, this happens to be the disappearance of an entire family. Yes. Oh, well, almost an entire family. Mm-hmm. Way back in the year 1958. Starting my timeline. Gonna need a date. Portland, Oregon, and it's the Martin family. <laughs> You're gonna write down some names and some ages. Okay. The dad. I'm- Ken's 54. Ken. Mom Barbara's 48. Barb. Barb. They Ken have and a, Barb. They you, have a son. I'll you know she, she went by, only went by Barbara. I guarantee you she went by Barb. Mm. Their son Donald was 28. He mm-hmm. was in the Navy stationed in New York, so he wasn't at home in Portland at the time. Daughter Barbara goes by Barbie. She's 14. Barbie. Well, that's quite a gap there. Mm-hmm. They thought it's been 14 years. Are we going to have any more kids? Yeah, you know, I haven't weird, really thought yeah. about it. That is weird. Isn't that strange? Yeah. Then Virginia, 13, she goes mm-hmm. by Gina. And Susan, 10, goes by Susie. And it's actually the, uh, early December. They're already getting in the festive Christmas spirit there in the Martin family household. Apparently, the dad, Ken, was super in. To Christmas, he every year yeah. he dressed up in what has been described as a very nice homemade Santa suit for all the kids in the neighborhood. Because all the other what dirty Santa suits, and they have like a, a hole in the uh, genital area, kind of that kind of Santa suit was not one of those. It was uh, a, no, okay. I imagine there's some pretty cheesy store bought yeah. Santa suit. Oh, it's like a quality. Yes. Okay. Probably made by Barbara. Probably. I'm guessing. Barb. And he also made four foot tall wooden candy canes that he painted red and white Damn. and put in their front yard. But he also made them and gave them out to neighbors so everybody could have a candy cane. Giant wooden candy canes? Four I feet long. Four feet tall. adults who are super into Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And uh, it was kind of famous in the area. Everybody knew when you drive down their street. There's a bunch of houses have candy canes, and so it was nicknamed Candy Lane. Ooh. Okay. It was probably like 48th place or something like that, it seems like. feel like it should be Candy Cane Lane, but I'm Everybody I know in Oregon Mm -hmm. and Washington have street numbers instead of names. Carrie's in an extensive study of the Oregon-Washington street Mm -hmm. nomenclature. (laughs) She's got some stats. Oh, yeah. Well, the day in question was December 7th, and their plan was to go get Christmas decorations. Decorations. And apparently, their son Donald, even though he couldn't be there to go get family Christmas decorations, he had told them where he thought they should go. Okay. Yeah, I guess <laughs> they, they, were, Donald. they were talking. The store. <laughs> no. Weren't they going to get a tree also? Probably. Okay. And greenery, you know, like to Ooh. do uh, decorate your mantle. Holly, mistletoe, uh, you know. What's wouldn't that be banister. dead by Christmas? Absolutely not. The seventh? Oh, okay. No. And their neighbors, K- 
came over, the Evanses, mm-hmm. came over at what we think is about 10.30 in the morning. They were just finishing up their breakfast. And the Evanses, I guess these families, pretty often on Sunday evenings would have dinner together. So that the dad Evans, I don't know what his first name was, asked them you know, if they wanted to have dinner actually at a third family's house mm-hmm. that night. And Who didn't know about it, by the way. He's just going to invite themselves over. Just no, like I said, it was a very regular them. thing. Aye. But the Evans' cooking, the or the um, Martins said, "No, you know, we're gonna, we've got plans, kind of thing." And so the Evans says, "Well, what are your plans?" And so he said, "We're gonna go get Christmas greens," okay. and um, they kind of tried to talk him into it, but they said, "No, they had to stick to the plan." Mm. He was a planner. Mm-hmm. He wrote it out. He stuck to it. I like and that. the way they said it. Like going up the highway, I think is the way he phrased it. Up the highway to get Christmas greens. So the Evanses later said that they understood this to mean that they were going up Highway 30 to the Columbia River Gorge area. Okay. Which I guess there's probably lots of places to get greenery and Christmas trees and stuff like that. Well, as well as things you like, you know, go find a tree in the forest and cut it down yourself. I don't know how it happened in 1958. Yeah. Now you just go to Home Depot. Yeah, they probably did not have a Christmas tree lot run by the Boy Scouts on every other corner. Yeah. So they left in their 1954 white with red trim Ford station wagon uh, at around 2 o'clock, which is a little bit late Mm -hmm. because where they were probably going was a little bit of a drive. And it's December 7th. Mm-hmm. It gets dark fairly early, like by five. So they yeah, weren't leaving themselves a whole lot of time. Mm-hmm. But neighbors mm-hmm. saw them leaving. And then the next morning, Monday morning, December 8th, Ken's boss rolls into the parking lot at good old Eccles Electric Home Service Company and notices that the work truck that Ken normally drives home and then drives back in the morning isn't in the parking lot, which is odd because Ken is literally never late for work. He is very punctual. In fact, he's usually early. And there was an important 8 a.m. meeting that morning that Ken would never have missed. So he thought it was odd. He went into the building and Ken uh, wasn't at work. A teacher at the girls' school, who also happened to be Ken's sister, Charlotte, noticed that Virginia and Susie weren't in class. So she thought she'd call the high school to see if Barbie had gone to school that morning. And when she did, she was told, no, Barbie's not here either. She didn't panic. So they told some random lady about another kid's attendance? Again, 1958. And she's a teacher. Oh, okay. I imagine, you know, everybody pretty much knew all the teachers. Was that back when they printed your address, like next to your name? (laughs) Every time they talk about the newspaper. Yep. Yep. Weird. And also in a, I've also noticed in old telephone directories, they list your name and where you work and your home address. Jeez. Or like what you do. Yeah, isn't that weird? God. Anyway, <clears throat> so Ken didn't show up for what work. That's embarrassing. No, the girls showed up for work or showed up for school. 
Charlotte, however, knew that sometimes her brother was a really fun dad. So maybe he, they, you know, went away for the weekend and, you know, didn't come back, weren't coming back right away. Charlotte is, is, um, Ken's sister. Ken's sister. Did you say that already? Yes. Sorry. It's all right. A little hazy. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, she thought maybe they were doing something fun. She wasn't going to worry about it. Yet, you know, they don't have to tell her everything they do, I guess. So she's a little miffed, but she's yes, not that worried. Without me, <laughs> whatever. Okay. So you know, and she's a teacher; she couldn't leave work. So yeah, and he's a punctual guy who writes out everything they're going to do and sticks to it itinerary. So that sounds like a fun dad. Mm-hmm. So checks out so far. Charlotte killed them. Never mind. Ooh. <laughs> Jump to the conclusion. Well, anyway, she went home after school, and uh, I don't know. There's not tons of details about what she did. She probably tried calling or whatever. And when she couldn't get a hold of anybody, uh, she did call the police. I also heard that somebody else called the police. Who knows? There were several people who noticed that they seemed to have not come home Mm -hmm. after a Christmas greenery trip and called the police that. So it would have been Monday evening when they called the police. Well, Charlotte actually drove over to their house and met the police there. It late, like after 11.30, and because I think she had a key to the house. And so they went into the house, and they found no Martin family, hmm. but they did find a package of ground beef that was left on the counter to thaw. Yum. Their uh, dishes from the breakfast had been washed and you know left on a drying rack, mm-hmm. which I'm assuming in 1958 people would immediately put their dishes away. They wouldn't. Leave them around. And from breakfast, yeah. and they were having breakfast like 10.30, but they yeah. didn't leave until 2 yeah. p.m. Yeah. That seems odd. Well, they had to be dry completely, so. But what I'm saying is clearly they hadn't been home. Yes. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, but I mean, I'm trying to almost kind of time it like. Yeah, like when they left. Yeah. When they left. I mean, oh. they said 2, p- 2 p.m. that it's odd that they'd have just breakfast dishes then, not lunch. So what was Unless happening? they're going to. Grab a bite. I don't know. Yeah, they did, and they brought food with them. Okay. They brought snacks with them. Okay. Ooh, walnuts and oranges. Mm-hmm. They saw them loading them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes sense. Their wood burning heater was still warm, so mm-hmm. they thought it had only recently gone out, so they had left it on. And then there was a load of wet, clean laundry in the washing machine, mm-hmm. which most good housewives. Yes. Mm-hmm plan to not leave their wet laundry in the washing machine for yeah, very long. Yeah, 1958, you can get divorced for that. Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was grounds for divorce. <laughs> that was cause, yeah. So, this was suspicious. It looks like they certainly were planning on coming right back, and they thought something must have gone wrong. So the police decided to, to start a search, but they weren't entirely sure where they went. They talked to the neighbors. You know, the Evanses said, well, they were going to get a Christmas tree and some greenery, so they were probably going to Larch Mountain because I know they've gone there before. You know, he didn't tell us specifically where they were going, but you know, this was my assumption. So they were start. They headed in that direction, looking at Christmas tree farms and in the direction of Larch Mountain. Oh, he said Larch Mountain. Yeah. Okay. That'd be Large Mountain, in which case is very uncreative mountain naming. I know. (laughs) It's next to Media Mountain. Yes. Like, what the hell? This is different. Okay. Well, so it would have been Tuesday by the time the police were going over there. They did talk to people who say they saw the family and or their car at some of the spots along the way mm. that they stopped at. 
Then they started getting a whole bunch of people out searching. There were actually officials in Oregon and Washington searching for the family, mm-hmm. along with the, a group from the family's church, the Oregon Trails Club. And at that time, this was the largest search in Oregon history. The bridge over, so they're on the Oregon side of the Columbia River. The bridge uh-huh. over to Washington would be, I think, at, just in the city in Portland, right? I know there's a big bridge there now that goes over the river. Yeah. I'm just, so did they live, I guess what I'm saying is, did they live, for them to get to Washington, they would have had to go, what, do you know, was back? Or would the bridge have been on their route to Larch Mountain or wherever they're going? I don't know. You know, if they live in sort of the east side or the west yeah. side of Portland? I don't know. Hmm. Okay. Just curious. But it's possible. I mean, it probably was. Because they're searching in Washington. It means, means I don't know. They well, don't it's, yeah. It's not it's, a lot of places to cross the river. Yeah. Don't know. Sorry. Just, just I don't know have shit it. about Hoping she had some geographic either. evidence. So it's okay. That's cool, Kara. Don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the search was being conducted on foot, like I said, by all those groups, by plane, helicopter, and boat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it turns out, there were several city, county, and state agencies, and the FBI all started working on the case. You said white family went missing? Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. But there were jurisdictional issues because they lived in Portland, but they may have, been. They may have disappeared someplace mm. else, in a, yeah. in a different county even. And really, no one agency really took charge mm. of the case. So that was an issue, too. And then there wasn't a whole lot of cooperation between mm. the different agencies. Wow. That's what happens when you make a bunch of men run things. Yep. Can't work together. Yep. And after only... always happens, though. Mm -hmm. After only a couple of days, the Hood River Sheriff concluded that Ken had probably just accidentally driven off the... um, Hood. Case closed. Hood River. Yeah. It's the name of the city. Yeah. Okay. Is that that where they lived? No. They lived in Portland. Well, I'm assuming Hood River is nearby. So you, yeah. I, I, you meant literally the city of Portland. I just thought you meant the Portland area. No, they literally lived okay. in the city of Portland. And but Hood River is actually even in a different county. Then why is the Hood River guy saying these things? Did you have evidence that? Be- no, it's an assumption. He, he mm. thinks that oh. they drove into the Cascade Locks while backing up in the parking lot because there were some tracks, some mm, tire okay. tracks okay. Yeah. in the parking lot. But that's it. I mean, it's a parking lot. So, so he, so he saw tracks. tracks in the parking lot and thought, that's why he mm. said, that's theirs. Car and they yeah. went to the river. Okay. Because otherwise, he's just like, he's just some city serif from the area just making a statement. I mean, yeah. it seems odd. Yeah. And they, yeah. So, um, so he thinks they like accidentally yes. backed into the like no a little more a little more a little more ah, yeah that's okay. yeah wow that would be one of the worst and most hilarious ways. <laughs> no, there's actually family. a really yeah. like gross crime scene cleaning video where somebody they meant to hit reverse and they hit uh, uh, forward. That's terrible. They got somebody. Uh, yeah, can you imagine just one? Act, that, maybe that's what they did. They meant maybe. they thought they're yeah. They just tapping it a little bit, and they tapped it too hard. Mm, that's dangerous. That would be. A, but but I mean, does he see? You think I don't know. Just no, there's just tire tracks. There's is it tire yeah. tracks like going to uh, literally off a cliff because you think it'd have to be for him to make that. Yeah, assessment. who knows? I don't okay. know. Well, and then of course the obvious thing is you check the tire tracks against. Hopefully, you know with their model tire they had. Yeah, presumably. Yeah. Well, 
Charlotte, the sister, started getting letters from psychics. Hmm. Always a good sign. Yeah. I didn't know this was such a thing in 1958. It's been a thing for a long time, and it's embarrassing. Yeah. Second oldest profession. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess there were a lot of them. One actually convinced the police to let him into their Jesus. house because... It's like psych. He, he was like... Uh, he had like a dowsing rod. Is that like Ooh. what the water yeah. people do? Uh-huh. Uh, because he said he could tell what happened to them by using their socks. He put their socks... On, on the, his hands and on the ends. <laughs> no, on the ends of his <laughs> he, dowsing he rod. A show, and then after that, he went. He went back yeah. to work. <laughs> no, he put their socks on the end of his dowsing rod and like walked around the house. Oh my god, Bro, freak! I, I want whatever he's on. I don't <laughs> know if he actually told them his theory of what oh, happened man. to the family, but obviously it didn't work. As soon as the dude puts the socks on his hands, you're out. Get Let's out. Go. Here. Let's go. So they're not finding anything, and like I said, that was December seventh. December 23rd, Charlotte is going to the house regularly to check on things, pick up the mail, you know, do that kind of stuff. And so on the 23rd, she's there and she notices an envelope in the mail. And I don't know what made her think she should open it, but she did. It's a nosy Mm. bitch, but otherwise, good call. In it was a credit card receipt from a gas station, Dean's Chevron service station in Cascade Locks. I no longer own it, but go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. Which is about 40 miles east of Portland down the river. But what's interesting is it's on the other side of the river Mm. from Larch Mountain where they had been concentrating their search. So So, in Washington. So they were searching in the wrong area. Mm. So for sure they went on the, I'm assuming Larch Mountain was in Oregon. So, I think so. Okay. So they went farther than they thought? Yeah. And Ooh. east. Oh. Different direction, too. So this receipt showed that Ken had bought five gallons of gas on December 7th. And this was the first real piece of evidence that showed what area or what direction they were heading. It's also... They were in the Columbia River Gorge area. It's odd that he only got $5 worth of gas. His tank would have been 50 gallons, and they would have got about two miles in the gallon. So five gallons is not going to get you very far. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know why. But the the guy from the service station didn't... I mean, I never saw anybody say anything about... Like it wasn't them? The amount of gas they bought. No. But, but yeah. they're sure... I mean, did anybody ask them, say, yeah, do you remember this family? Yes. Okay. It is in Oregon, Larch Mountain. It is a volcano, as a matter of fact, an extinct Ooh. volcano. Hmm. So where, what direction from Portland is it? Let's see. Is it north? Um, well, it can't be that far north because north is, Portland's all along the river, so Oregon doesn't really go much. It's not in Oregon anymore. Um, here, let me find it. Go ahead. Okay. I'll find it. Well, anyway, the gas station owner said that they bought the gas in the afternoon and then continued heading east when they left. Hmm. So one thing I said said just the afternoon. Another thing I read said it was around 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So if it was 4 o'clock in the afternoon and they're still heading east, it's it's probably starting to get dark soon. Yeah, and they... Lived. It's it's yeah. It's east of Portland. Is that your question? Do Is you it? see? But if you follow the river, yeah, you'll see the towns of like Hood River and. I see Bridal Cascade Locks, La Torre. Well, anyway, 
I'm not calling you a liar. I'm just saying that. Ain't calling you a truther. Yeah. There's some Drake and John. Jury's still out. Okay. Well, they went much further than Larch Mountain. Charlotte thought. You know, there's a town called Walshugal in Washington. Ooh, on the, on the, on that's the probably not how you pronounce it. Probably not. Charlotte looked at that receipt and thought, holy cow, they're searching in the wrong area. I better take this straight to the police department. So that's what she did. So, and so this, what city again was this in Washington? The, with the, the gas station? Cascade Locks. Cascade Locks, okay. Go ahead. I'm pretty fine that now. So she did. Cascade Locks, Washington? Did. Oh, no, I'm, I, it's still Oregon, I think. Yeah, it is Oregon. Yeah. Okay, good. So, also around this time, there was a white 1951 Chevy pickup truck found abandoned along the Columbia River about nine miles from Cascade Locks. Hmm. Witnesses recalled seeing the truck driving around the area. It was notable because it was somewhat modified. It had like fancy rims and hubcaps and non-factory fenders. Well, it was left there abandoned with the keys inside of it and a full tank of gas, so it wasn't disabled. Nearby, they also found a woman's glove on the ground. But this is, okay, this is the station wagon. No, this is a 1951 Chevy pickup truck. Oh, that's for his work truck. No, she just explained. Then what do we, I'm sorry. (laughs) Again, I'm a little fuzzy today. (laughs) had a rough night last night. A rough night of playing Secret Hitler. Mm-hmm. I'm drinking way too much. <laughs> By um, the way, uh, Large Mountain, I'm sorry, Cascade Locks is east of Large Mountain, so they would have gone past Large yeah. Mountain to cover Cascade Locks. So that is interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They ended up, you know, places that we know that they went would have been about an hour and a half drive from their home. So if that was their intention... Yeah. You know, they knew they were going to be getting home well after dark. dark yeah. yeah. Huh, okay. It's getting late. So anyway, um, they took this glove that they found by the white truck to Charlotte to see if she could possibly identify it as being one of Barbara's. You know, she said it didn't look like any of Barbara's gloves that she was aware of. So, you know, who knows? We can cut this out if this is making sense. But why... Does this any connection whatsoever with this, this, truck? this truck to the Martin family? Because it's in the same area, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's like uh, mm, a little suspicious. Someone come out of that truck and do a little something to yeah. the Martins. Same area as but what? But also you'll find same out. Same area as? Yeah. Along the Columbia River. Okay. Nine, what did I say? Uh, nine miles from Cascade Locks. Okay. And okay. we know they were in Cascade Locks okay. that day buying gas. But anyway, so... The FBI tried to test this glove, and, you know, I, I don't know how yeah. the FBI was testing gloves in 1958. Just looked at it. Sniffed it, said, nope, stumped. But mm-hmm. they basically decided, no, it didn't belong to Barbara. Okay. This truck that you're so curious about, Dean, mm-hmm. was linked to an ex-con named Lester Kenneth Price, mm-hmm. okay, well. who Ooh. had apparently driven the truck to Oregon from Los Angeles, California, the owner was a friend of Lester's who claimed it had been stolen, but Price said he had permission to take the truck and mm. he was coming to visit his wife and kid in the area, which sounded weird. Another ex-con friend of Lester's lived in the area 
his name was Roy Light. Apparently, they had become friends in San Quentin, which is a good place to make new friends. It's a great place. Mm -hmm. There are cell pals. I don't know, maybe not. So now the police are, you know, concentrating their efforts going further east along the Columbia River. And they went to a place called the Paradise Snack Bar in Hood River, Mm -hmm. which I think is further east from Cascade Locks. Okay. And... They uh, talked to a server named Clara York. Or actually, yeah, it's Hood River is about 20 miles east of Cascade Locks. Okay. But Clara said she remembered the Martin family that Sunday. They had come in in the evening, and it wasn't very busy. That's why she could remember them. She remembered the girls ordered burgers and fries, hmm. and the parents wouldn't let them have Coke, so they had to order glasses of milk. And the diner owner also remembered the family, and he knew Roy Light, the San Quentin ex-con. He knew him, so he saw him and a man who looked very similar to Lester Kenneth Price at the diner at the same time the Martins were there. Mm. This is the connection with the white truck, Dean. Okay, so they they think that these two ex-cons sort of made them as easy pickings at at a diner. Because he said he noticed that they all left at about the same time. And then several passing motorists say they spotted the family at dusk, uh, you know, along the Columbia River. Multnomah County, which is where Portland is, there's a detective there named Walter Graven. He basically became obsessed with the case Hmm. and took lots of notes and kept them and... Uh, eventually his daughter gave all of his notes and journals to an author who wrote a book called Echo of Distant Water. Ooh, Ooh. I like it. I That's sp- worthy of any, I think, 48 Hours Mystery or yeah. NBC Dateline. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's actually a real good book. I started it, but I didn't have time to read the whole thing. That's okay. <laughs> but so a lot of the information that we have basically comes from Detective... Graven's notes. So in January, we're now we're in 1959. Oh wow. A Ooh. friend of the family, his name's Donald Bain, he contacts Detective Graven. He had helped in the search and he decided to keep looking on his own. And he had gone out looking for places where a car might go off over, you know, into the Columbia River near a town called The Dalles, mm. which I thought was like The Dowels. It's the D-A-L-L-E-S, mm-hmm. which is about 85 miles east of the Martins' home. It's past Cascade Locks, so it's further down the river. Mm. Well, he actually found a spot where there were tire tracks that went straight over this rocky cliff. Mm-hmm. And he said there was no indication that the car tried to stop or turn around you know, meaning it probably went straight into the river. Yeah. So they came out and looked at it, and they actually were able to determine that the tire tracks matched the same kind of car or the same kind of tires on the Martins station wagon. And at this part of the river, it's about 85 feet deep, about 200 Ooh. yards wide, and there's a real swift current. So... Before Donald Bain had called the police to tell them about it, he 
got onto his stomach. And I, and I think it's probably really windy and stuff, so it's probably a little bit scary. Yeah. So he got on his stomach so that he could look over the side <laughs> safely. Yeah. And I still have someone holding my ankles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it is real rocky. And um, he saw on some rocks some red and white paint. Oh, no. Mm. And that's where's the colors of their car. And so, yeah. So the police, I guess, took some samples of it and had it tested by the FBI. And they confirmed that it was a match for the paint on that make and model of the Martin's car. So. So they're pretty sure they have where the mm-hmm. car went into that. Well, A, that what happened? Mm-hmm. The ca- a car went into the river. Yep. Yeah. B, where it did, they which did. is an unusual place because it seems way past where they'd want they'd yeah. need to go, yep. and especially that time of day. Yeah. And or and they also don't know how. Did it, the, was it driven? How, yeah. Was it pushed? Was, was anyone it, in it? Yep. Or not? Exactly. Yeah. So this part of the river was near the Bonneville Dam, and it would be a real kind of dangerous place to search even in the water. Mm-hmm. So what they did, what, because it was near a dam in locks, I guess they could do this, right? Okay. They lowered the level of the river huh. five feet Ooh. so they could see if, you know, they could see any traces of the car, uh-huh. um, but they could, oh, it didn't on work. On the presumption that it would be somewhere near the side yeah, of the river. exactly, okay. yes. And they attempted to do like a dive search, but... Like I said, it's pretty dangerous there, and one of the divers almost died, so they mm. called it off. Mm. And also, this is, all happened in January. Also in January, a man found a gun under a rock about 30 miles west of Cascade Locks, it, and it looked kind of banged up, and it was covered with dried blood. Mm. So like somebody had used it to, yeah. to beat somebody with like the handle of the gun. Yeah. And... What a jerk. So he turned it over to the Hood River Sheriff, who I guess looked at it. He sounds like a super incompetent person. Yeah. Didn't enter it into evidence. Didn't Are. alert Multnomah County hmm. officials about mm-hmm. it. That's maybe beyond incompetence into uh, cover up. Well, then you know what he did with it? What? Gave it back to the man who found it. Well, that's Jeez, probably good. It's better than being in his ownership because he might just hide it lose it well when the man got it back he thought oh okay i guess there's nothing you know he cleaned it up Uh, fixed it so you know and used it i don't know if he ever find his capers and then where near that rock where the gun was found there was also the remains of a fire so, you know, maybe somebody was burning some kind of evidence or something. Perhaps. But also, mm-hmm. you're near a river. If you have a a murder weapon, why wouldn't you just chuck it in the river? They might have tried to chuck it like, eh. They just had a very <laughs> yeah. weak arm and just clammed next to the river. Mm-hmm. I don't go get it. I don't know. That's just weird to me. Well, of course, son Donald Martin, who was living in New York, of course, he was notified about his family's disappearance, but oddly, while the searching was going on, he didn't come home. Hmm. He stayed in New York. He told reporters later that his Aunt Charlotte was keeping him informed of the search and told him there wasn't, uh, and that you know Charlotte had told him, well, there's not really anything you can do. You don't really need to come home. So later... Some, they ask Charlotte if that's what's yes, true? Yes, reporters asked Charlotte, yeah. and she said she had no idea why he didn't come oh, home, and that wow. wasn't true. Ooh. That's very suspicious. Yeah. 
He did hmm. make a public statement at the time, though, thanking all of the people that were searching for his family. And also, it could have just been that, you know, he didn't want to go for whatever reason. He's got a job. Yeah. And, and he's embarrassed when they ask him the question. He feels kind of like a heel. That's the word they used back in 1958. Yeah. And so he just kind of lied. Um, well, you know, I was told I would be no help and I'd just be in the way. I'd be a hindrance. So I stayed in New York. My partay. I don't know. It still is a little bit odd. It is. But unless you're going to find a connection to those two ex-cons, it seems thin. Because if you're going to murder your entire family as the son, you're, that's a very strange time and place to do it. Yeah. And he had a rock-solid alibi. He yeah, was in the Navy in New alibi, York. Yeah. So. Unless, again, unless he you know, yes. hired a couple ex-cons. Yeah. Was mm-hmm. there insurance money, anything like that? I mean, I'm presuming he is now, I'm assuming he's the only heir. Yeah, he is. Whatever, the house, the cars, yeah. well, minus the station wagon. Yeah. And, Well, early on in this, in fact, in the week before Christmas, Detective Graven, you know, decided I should probably look into the sole surviving member of this family who Mm -hmm. is going to inherit everything. So he decided to look into Donald. Um, I guess the estate was worth about $36,000, which would be around $300,000 today. And while he's looking into Donald, he finds out that Donald used to work off and on at a department store called Meyer and Frank in Portland. You know, he'd work for a while, quit, and then, you know, come back. And he tended to do, like, stocking shelves and inventory and that kind of thing. But the last time he worked there, he was a window decorator, which Ooh. was interesting. And he worked in the sport sporting goods department. And apparently, in September of 1955, he was fired for stealing merchandise. Like around $2,000 worth of merchandise. Which in 1958... Yeah, 1958 even. In 1858, it's worth a lot more. But 1958, where we are now, then it's worth uh, still a a good chunk of change. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Um, It's I think I read somewhere like it would be worth around like $18,000 today. So he admitted to the theft, Mm -hmm. said he had been having a hard time at home, like fighting with his parents Mm. because they hated his roommate. He wasn't even living with his parents. Oh, that's weird. Okay. And his his roommate. Mm hmm. But here's I'm the thing. Carrie actually She's like, yeah, his roommate. Where's your yeah. phone, dick? What about it? Okay. One of the stolen items mm-hmm. just happened. Was a strap-on. To be a gun. <gasps> Ooh. And it just happened to match the serial number <gasps> as the banged up bloody gun oh found under a rock. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. So guys. wait. So the serial number. So for sure, he stole the gun that eventually is found mm. bloody out uh-huh. on the side of the river. Yep. Gotcha. That is interesting. The jig is up. His parents. Yeah. You know, he was, said he was having difficulties with his parents. Well, they had discovered he was gay. So yeah. it was a roommate. I. That yeah. is a good assumption. Yeah, and that's the reason. Yeah. I mean. 1958 parents, like, your roommate is such a slob. He never cleans up after himself. We are going to have fights about this. Or <laughs> your roommate, we know what's going on. Yeah. Okay, Ken Jr. What's his name again? Donald. Donald. We know what's happening. Well, and it's not like he came out to them on purpose. They walked in on him oh. and found him. So they were kind of religious and strict, so they were upset. Mm-hmm. But apparently they still loved him. 
And just had to get rid of that roommate. Well, <laughs> what they and did was they sent him to a religious college in Connecticut. That'll so, him. like as far across the country as they could get. Is that what mm-hmm. they're going to pray the gay away? Probably okay. to quote set him on a new path. Mm-hmm. Mike Pence okay. is waiting there with open arms. <laughs> <laughs> and Marcus Buckley. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't working, and I don't think he enjoyed that religious college in no. Connecticut. So, with his parents' encouragement, he quit and joined the Navy. Perfect. So that's how he got to where he was. Yeah, that seems I, about right. Ideal place for him to be. These fans are suckers. Yeah, they are. I just want to go on long, long, long ocean voyages. <laughs> well, he did. He went home in March 1959 to settle the family's estate. Mm-hmm. Then in May, in fact, on May 1st, 1959, a barge was dropping anchor in the Columbia River below the area where those tire tracks were found. Mm-hmm. Uh, dropping anchor, by the way, also a gay euphemism, just ironically. <laughs> but go ahead. And the anchor got caught on something very heavy. And th- when they yanked on it, I guess it dislodged. And then... Uh, what looked like two bundles of clothing floated up through the water. Hmm. And that was all. I mean, they reported this. Okay. And then so the they next day. sank again. Yeah. The, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or it got stuck oh. on it on the bottom. You know uh, what I mean? They didn't pull it up because it was whatever it was, was very heavy. Okay. And so the next day, May 2nd, a fisherman and his wife noticed two bodies floating down the river. Yeah. Holy shit. And they called the police, but by the time the police got there, you know, and they went looking down the river, they could, they were never located. So then the next day, May 3rd, a body washed up along the Columbia River on the Washington side, about 70 miles west of the Dalles. Was the first sighting on the Oregon side? I think so, yes. So they went across the river? You know, I, I don't really know, because I mean, it doesn't say... I don't know. Okay. I don't say. Or I didn't write it down. Nice. So this body that washed up on the Washington side was a child. Mm. There were signs that it had been in deep cold water for a while, uh, but that it had also been exposed to air for a few days, probably. So it, it oh. probably had. Been, we know that it had been floating probably for two days. At least two days. Yeah. Okay. It was too decomposed to make a positive ID just by. Looking. Being in the water. So they ended up getting the dental records for 10-year-old Susan Martin, Mm. and it was a match. Okay. So it was Susan. The next day, Gina's body washed up near the Bonneville Dam. Damn. They both died of probable drowning, Hmm. but it was interesting that on photographs of Virginia's body... It looks like there's a hole in her head above her right ear. Something said it was both girls' bodies heads had holes in the same place. And something said only Gina's did. So I'm not sure. Apparently, this did not appear in the official autopsy report. And, and this is on the Washington. So this is some Washington County that's doing this. I'm assuming. You know, I don't yeah, know they're who, covering shit up. I don't know who ended up doing the autopsies. Because be if honest. it's the Hood River people again, my suspicions confirmed. Well, yeah. because I think only Susan's body was found on the Washington side. I think Gina's was on the Oregon side because oh. it said it was near the Bonneville Dam. 
Uh, well, the dam goes across the I know. river, so it could have been. That's true. Yeah, you I don't know. It. They mm-hmm. didn't say. All right. I would imagine, even though they were fa- she was found in Washington, they would have sent her to Oregon, don't you think? It was since it's an Oregon case. I no, is that not how that works? And they didn't know they they've had possession of the body for some time before they found out the identity of the with the dental records. Yeah, so that's I, true. I, I would think. Oh that, yeah, you're right. I think if it it depends on where you. I would think they, the locals, who yeah, found it would do the autopsy there. Yeah. Well, the medical examiner determined that the girls had eaten oranges and burgers within two hours of their deaths. Well, that explains the burgers. Mm-hmm. So it was shortly after. Yeah. They left that restaurant. Yep. Where was the restaurant again? Was it? The restaurant was I. Uh, was it Hood River or? I think so because you were talking about it when they were. T- uh, yeah. The, during the receipt. But I don't know if it was Hood River or Cascade Locks or. Well, the gas station was Cascade Locks. Yeah. The, uh, the Paradise Snack. Par- yeah. The Paradise Snack Bar was in Hood River. Interesting. Interesting. That's where those two ex-cons are hanging out. Yep. Any connections between Sheriff Dummy of Hood River and those two ex-cons, I'm just wondering. Not that I'm aware of. So this basically confirmed that the car probably did go into the river and that that's probably where the parents and the other sister was. They searched the area again with sonar and helicopters but still couldn't find the car. And Donald did not come back for his sister's memorial service. What a... She homophobic too. (laughs) Burn, bitch. So I wonder... So the surmise here is that they were... uh, Virginia and Susan were dislodged, knocked loose. When the the barge anchor... It might have, like... Opened a door or you are, know, are dislodged the, a door. The they were like are, yeah, are the windows are open hot. and it's knocked around in a way that, that allows them to go through the yeah. open window. So I think if they were, the windows would be open, I'm guessing, um, if the car was you know dr- driven off, not driven, you know what I mean? The, the old brick on the accelerator kind of a thing to go over the side of a cliff. Yeah. You don't want to have the windows open to make sure. Yeah, the water rushed in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sunk it. I mean, it'd sink anyway, but you know. But if it was. It'd go quicker. A, a real accident, then the windows would have been closed. You would think. Because yeah. it was December. Yeah. And yeah. probably evening, and it would and, have been pretty cold. And people don't generally do n- up zooming 90 degree turns from the road straight off a cliff. That doesn't. Or, of course, the other option is yeah. suicide. Yeah. I don't know. He was weirdly obsessed with Christmas. He was. He was. So that implies that he's a family annihilator. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Next step. Okay. That makes sense. Good enough. Thanks for that. Mm-hmm. So, Donald didn't come back for his sister's memorial service, but he did come home in June again to settle the estate. Mm. And this time, Detective Graven wanted to have a face-to-face meeting with him. Ooh. And so he did. And Donald told Detective Graven that he had come home to you know settle the finances and everything, and so he was g- going through all the papers and stuff in his parents' home. And he thought there were some financial documents missing. Uh, he didn't know exactly which ones, but why uh, would you think some were missing? If you, I don't know. I guess, well, yeah. Unless you knew they had this insurance policy yeah. paper and it's not here. or But then you would know. You wouldn't yeah. say something's missing, but I'm not sure exactly what. Yeah, I don't know. Unless they want to be secretive. 
And but but if you want to be secretive and you are up to no good, why would you even? I don't know. Why would you say that at all? Yeah, I don't know. Bring attention to it. Well, I'll tell you what. Okay. He's, you know, like he's suspicious. Don is suspicious. But uh, when Detective Graven asked him about the gun, he said he didn't have any guns. He doesn't like guns. But for some reason, he told them his friend Wayne likes guns. Hmm. Is that his roommate or just a, another? I just, it didn't say. Just Wayne was his friend. And he told him, I know of no one who would murder my folks or no reason for it, but I don't see how it could have been an accident. Hmm. So he suspects that is foul play. Or that his dad drove everybody off in a fit of Yeah, yeah I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's the Seizure. Yeah. He doesn't say that, but yeah, either the, or. the accident given you know over a rocky cliff that's that's yeah. nonsense. So it's either murder or suicide or mur- you know murder suicide or outright yeah. murder from these someone else. Yeah. Well, so since Donald had mentioned that he thought maybe someone had been in the home, right, looking at their financial documents and taking some, Detective Graven went back to the neighborhood to talk to neighbors and see if they had seen anything. Did you see anybody suspicious around the Martin house? Did you see anybody come to the Martin house? And one neighbor said on the morning after the family disappeared, so that Monday morning, they noticed a black taxi pull into their driveway. Hmm. But that was all. They didn't notice who got out of the taxi or how long it was there. Hmm. They just noticed that it came into the driveway and at that point nobody knew they were missing the neighbors at least didn't know they were missing so didn't pay too much attention exactly i'm sorry was that sunday or monday that would have been monday morning okay and i guess because it's 1958 and it had been six months there was no way they could trace it back to find out which what taxi it was, or try to figure out who had been in the taxi. Really? Yeah. I mean, and got, how many I taxi companies out there have black taxis? Couldn't they like find? Yeah. But if they, they don't have the records, they don't have the records. Oh period, yeah, so. yeah. And also, if it was like a family member or somebody coming over to check on the family, a the taxi yeah, is taxi. weird. Yeah. But also, that person would say, "I yeah. came to check on the family." Thank. Or something, and nobody ever came forward to say that was me in that black taxi, and that's this is what I was doing. Presumably, uh, Donald had a. You said he had a alibi, so someone is has eyes on him in New York on Sunday and Monday. Yeah, okay. the Navy. I mean, oh, that he was. He's in the Navy. I know. Okay, he's, st- he's stationed gotcha. in New York. So yeah. Okay, that's a pretty good alibi. Mm-hmm. At this point, everybody pretty much had determined that. Somehow, some way, the car drove off the bank into the river. And since Susie and Gina's deaths were ruled drownings, it was assumed it was an accident, and the investigation was pretty much over, that's and the case crazy. was closed. That's uh, that's knowing, mm-hmm. like, we're not going to be able to solve this. Yep. So yeah. let's pretend it's not a crime. Well, Detective Graven, Walter was his first name, he was pretty much obsessed with the case. Yeah. And he still suspected foul play, He didn't really know how he was ever going to solve it. In his notes, they say, even though I can get no cooperation from anyone, there is no murder that cannot be solved and will be solved if I live long enough for the car and bodies to be found. Mm -hmm. All right. He's got a can-do attitude. (laughs) I like that. I like that. He does. 
And another, he had another note that said, had to be planned by, and then a name, which he had crossed out. But not just like crossed out, like colored a big block yeah. of ink over so it's not it. Even re- readable. So it's redacted. not readable. Wow. He redacted his own notes. Yes. That's strange. And then he wrote, no one else with motive. Donald. I mean, obviously. Well, somebody kind of computer enhanced it, uh, and it did say Donald. Yeah. Ooh. Wonder why he blocked it out. We don't know. But Maybe, we do uh, know he was told to leave the case alone by his bosses. Oh, uh, okay. To stop. He died in 1988, but he left behind a bunch of notes, and he gave some notes to the Dallas Police Department, which is weird. I, why did he choose? He worked for Multnomah County, mm-hmm. and I guess he pretty much knew the Hood River Sheriff was useless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we all know that. I guess he decided to give it to the Dallas. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe because they were the only ones who might remotely be actively, or he thought might yeah. take an interest. Yeah. Well, it turns out they would start looking into it again. But um, Susan and Virginia's cremated remains were left unclaimed at the Riverview Abbey Mausoleum for 10 years. So Jeez. Donald wouldn't, didn't even Jeez, claim their man. ashes. And they were the youngest ones. So even if, yeah. they, I mean, yeah. they had some kind of family spat, I think they'd be not involved. Yeah. I mean, maybe he was just an idiot young man that doesn't know what to do when somebody dies. But yeah, maybe. I know, but maybe that was his reaction. He was like, "I'll just stay over here." And yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe if he never went to go pick him up, and he said they were never dead. But he, no. <laughs> he's probably getting their mail. So, and you think that yeah. they would have sent to that address? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, but. um when their grandmother died 10 years later in December 1969, they don't know who, but whoever picked up the, their grandmother's ashes also picked up their ashes and had them all three buried together. I have a feeling oh. that was Charlotte or some other family member. Charlotte Donald. Or, or Donald finally was ready. No. Yeah, I don't know. It could have been the grandmother on their mother's side, though. Oh, okay. So it could have mm-hmm. been a family member from the mom's side. But Well, then in July 1999... A journalist for the Oregonian decided to organize another search for the car. Weird. But they did. They used new sonar equipment, and some divers even attempted to do that dive again. Nothing was found. And again, this is a very dangerous area of the river. and It's really deep, and there are like caves and stuff Uh, in there. So So probably sea monsters or river monsters. Could be. In all likelihood. Most certainly river monsters. Jeremy Wade. So remember Wayne? Mm -hmm. (gasps) Yeah, remember Wayne. Donald's friend, who Donald volunteered to the police that Wayne likes guns for some strange reason. Throw Wayne under the bus, they're pretty. Well, Detective Graven, it must have been in his notes because uh, I've read that there was no reason to even talk to Wayne. There was no, you know, nothing suspicious. Donald just brought up his name for some unknown reason. And so Detective Graven didn't have any notes of an interview or anything with Wayne in his notes. So in 2008, Wayne, who is by now an old man, decides to reach out to reporters at KOIN, a Portland news station. I guess there was going to be like some 50-year anniversary mm-hmm. special or something new story mm-hmm. about the family. So he told them he was the same age as Donald and that they had met in college in Portland in 1953. 
so five years before the family went missing. He claimed that he was very close with the family. Wayne was. Yeah, okay. with all the family, even the, the little girls and everything. Mm-hmm. And he said he was in Cascade Locks that day that they went missing teaching a P.E. class. Hmm. On a Sunday. On a Sunday. Hmm. Hmm. In December, mm-hmm. outdoors. He was a high school um, P.E. teacher, but why would he be doing this on a Sunday? And why would mm. he come forward 50 years later yeah. and give this bit of information? Put himself yeah. in the location where That's they went it. missing and... Yeah. He also claimed that he was interviewed by the police at the time, but there are no notes of any interviews well, it could with have been him. One of the other jurisdictions. You said there were multiple jurisdictions involved, so Well, I imagine these reporters reached out to all the jurisdictions. In two thousand eight? Yeah. Well, fifty years. Yeah. I know who knows. Missing. Well, um, Detective Graven's notes did say that he was a little suspicious about Wayne, and he even wrote down some theories that he had. Hmm. One and he was so he's doing our job basically. Yeah. All right, oh, yeah. One was that Wayne was also gay. Yeah. Because he was friends with Donald. But and he, he was a PE teacher. I don't know. That really <laughs> it doesn't. Follows, but. but he was married to a woman. So um, what's that called? What's the word for that? Um she's a beard. She's a beard. Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't want the and so the Martins knew that he was gay and he didn't want the Martins to out him to his wife. Ooh. So he had to kill them all. Jesus. Okay, uh, that's of course. Very yeah, thin. Very far-fetched. The other one, uh, Detective Graven is going in the opposite direction. Hmm. He saying, thinks is his wife doesn't want people to find out that her husband is gay, so she killed the entire family. No, he, well done, Walter. He got 15-year-old Barbie pregnant. <gasps> that's opposite of gay. That's, very much. That's, what that's I completely said. opposite. Well, he's either gay or he's not gay. He either got her pregnant or he didn't get her pregnant. What he vibe was he giving off, yeah. man? Like <laughs> shit. I guess he could be bisexual. Yeah. And so then, of course, you know, you have to kill her entire family. Murder so your wife doesn't bisexual. found out you're cheating on yeah. her with a 15 year old girl. Well, let's assume Walter was just spitballing. It was a one person. Just I, and nothing's wrong here. There's no bad possibilities. Just throw it out. Yep. Go, Walter. <laughs> To Walter, and he said, "Well, gay." To <laughs> further the pregnancy theory, mm-hmm. the server, remember at the Paradise Snack mm-hmm. Bar or whatever, she remembered the mom not letting the oldest-looking girl have a hamburger and fries. Mm. She made her order a tuna sandwich. She <laughs> doesn't. Okay, <laughs> fried just been a fifties mom, or red meat is bad for fetuses. This is, I, don't make, I don't understand. I, at that time, they would have thought, no, you're getting red meat if you're pregnant, yeah. I would think. Maybe she didn't like the Yeah, that's, that's, that's also thin. Yeah. So Walter's spitball session, it was not very productive so far. But also, she had recently been to see a doctor, and she went to Vancouver to see this doctor, not her usual uh, doctor in Portland. And that's in Washington. So why would you do that? That's true. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I'm... Totally guessing here, but was there any kind of Washington, Oregon uh, abortion legality differences? I wouldn't think so. It was 1958. It's pretty much illegal everywhere. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Some of those states were a little bit more, like they found medical reasons, you know, and they kind of winked at it. Well, I don't day. know if they winked at it, but yeah. well, you know, it, was they didn't. it wasn't even easy if there were medical reasons. Yeah. Okay. So, so some people think, okay, let's run with the 
pregnancy theory where they, because the way when yeah. people say like the way he told Mr. Evans, you know, we got to stick to the plan. It's like what? And, and then Mr. Evans even said, what, what plan? He goes to go get Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. thought it was just kind of an odd way right. to, to phrase that. stick to the plan. Stick and the plan. it could have been well, I, I like your your reading was very good, Carrie. It was chilling, but it could have been nope, gonna stick to the plan. <laughs> See you later, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, if Mr. Evans thought it was a little bit odd, Mr. he Evans, was the one the receiver of that. He was trying, he was exaggerating. He was playing it up a little bit. Wanted well, to make sure he's in the paper. And that's the thing. If they're going out to get her some illegal back alley abortion, oh, come on, 10-year-old and 13-year-old. You're not going to take the entire family. It's a family trip. You could think of some reason to leave the kids at home or, you know. Come on, kids. Sissy's killing her baby. Let's go. (laughs) You're going to learn from her mistake. (laughs) Maybe. You don't have to be in there. The obvious foul play, there's two really kind of clear theories if you don't buy the accident, which I don't. That's possible. It is possible. I don't necessarily buy it. I mean, obviously, those two ex-cons are involved. That That's, yeah, the, the obvious one is the two ex-cons. And they're so dropped from the story. I don't know yeah. why there's Did no... Did he do something with the ex-cons, maybe? The ex-cons following art- them separately from the story? I've read articles where the ex-cons are brought up as oh. possible perps, by the way. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously they're possible perps, but do they... I mean, would they fairly extensively talk about the possibility of them? I mean, maybe not. I mean, the, the supposition would be that they... Well, it could be accidental. In other words, mm-hmm. they saw them at the diner, said, I bet you know, it's a family out doing something. This is an easy mark. We'll go get some money mm-hmm. off these people. We'll carjack them or, you know... And, by the way, may have invented carjacking. And, you know, drive the car off a river to hide. You know, they... He resists... They cold cock him. He goes down. I'm the dad. Maybe he's dead. They freak yeah. out, so they kill the whole family. Yeah. I wouldn't think they'd go, hey, we need, let's get the 40 bucks they have on them. Let's murder an entire family. I wouldn't yeah. think yeah. that gruesome, but it could have been a, an escalation. So we can't go back to San Quentin. Yeah. But R also, could have been um, hired, hired guns. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is it really just a coincidence mm-hmm. that that gun had been Donald's? Yeah, and exactly. I guess there's really nothing to tie those two to the gun, but no, but the I, and, and it could be just a complete quirk of their proximity. Yeah, having lunch. That's the only reason they're even brought up in this. But certainly, it's it's. I mean, yeah, you'd have to find some connection between Donald and these two guys. But that could be. Yeah. His, I mean, he could just asked around, or he had presumably had friends like. I don't know, Wayne, yeah. who may have been able to ask around, found some cons, the, you know, friend of a friend kind of a thing. Yeah. And will you do, but that, you know, you're asking, they weren't, um, what were they in for again? You said, did you say so? They were, they were thieves, right? I think. They I don't know what they were I, in They for. weren't in for like murder and no. things like, something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. They hadn't gone to jail for that. So that's a big step to yeah. basically be a, a, a murder. He has to murder an entire family mm-hmm. to get the inheritance. Yeah. So Donald, but Donald is acting extremely suspiciously, and that gun yeah. is very odd. I mean, that's obviously what you do. You give these these cons mm-hmm. your gun. Yeah. And it had been, what, three years? Three or four years? And almost four years since he... Ooh, and maybe, maybe he Wayne. said, just kill my parents, and they ended killing the whole family. Maybe, because he didn't know... You know, they didn't know that they'd be. They'd bring the whole family. Yeah, the whole family um, to yeah, he did because this was like a family tradition. Yeah, yeah he had. No. And they never he mind. had just been discussing it with them, right? He, Maybe he yeah. said, gave them ideas of where to go. That's true. Yeah. But they so, so. 
And he, yeah. So, and he probably, if, if he did hire, then it's very easy. He knows they're going. He calls the two hoods and go wait outside and you trail them out until it's a nice, you know, until the right, the right place. And so the right place, they, they have gas, can't do it there. They have lunch, can't do it there. And then they drive somewhere lonely to get those greens. And that's when the two guys set upon them and one thing leads to another. Yeah. And they almost certainly killed them somewhere else from the, you'd think it'd be where they killed them somewhere near where the gun was tossed. And the, yeah. the gun could have been tossed from the moving car. I mean, that's why it wasn't into the river. But you said they found a... A, a, a fire. Yeah, so they probably almost certainly went but, somewhere else to do that. But, you know, it's not 100% right that yeah. that they're linked. No, not at all. Somebody else could have built a all. little fire, fire there for some reason. Well, Donald you know, Wayne, by the way, he he threw him in the, under, under the uh, bus, so to speak, because Wayne was the conduit to get the gun to the two hired criminals. Yeah, and so he, you know he thought just in case they do sniff out Wayne, I'll throw his name yeah. out there. They'll make it a he said, she said. He could have been thinking about a, a potential defense if Wayne turned on him. Yeah, but also, what would Wayne's motive be to kill his? No, family? just no, not Wayne to have a motive. He just said, Wayne, two guys are going to be coming over for my gun. Give it to him. Oh, no, I know, but Donald throwing Wayne under the bus. Because if the, if, the, um, if the authorities trace the gun back to Wayne, if Wayne was indeed the person who gave the guys the gun, that's why. Okay. One more middleman. Well, yeah. Donald ended well, up... Well, he, he would have had to have had that middleman because he's in New yeah. York. So he had to have yeah. somebody to get, to get those two guys the gun if yeah. he had hired those two criminals. Or you know, get your get a gun. <laughs> yeah, criminal. but that's it's like, oh, we don't have a gun. Okay, well, uh, I have one. I'll yeah. be here. Here, go over to this guy's house. He'll give you a gun. But also, it's pretty weird. You steal a bunch of merchandise, and you get to keep it. I know. Yeah. As long as your parents pay for it. I mean. Yeah. Wait. Wait. Uh, well, yeah. That's weird. And he because he, he was never arrested. Hmm. That's so I guess if he was arrested, they would have confiscated everything and t- given it back to the store, right? Yeah, presumably. Or maybe, maybe it's, that's how they handled it, you know. Mm-hmm. Favor everything and we'll yeah. hush us up. Yeah, forget and the, forget. Of course, the other possibility is that it was suicide. Essentially, he killed the whole family. Ken, yeah. Ken drove over those cliffs by choice. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so either, but... Yeah. Know. Did you read anything about how talk to the neighbors? How did he seem? That kind of thing? Did he... I didn't read anything about that. Okay. And nothing about, I I don't know if Detective Graven even looked into that as a theory. But (laughs) But he went with the, uh, got (laughs) 15-year-old pregnant (laughs) and killed the entire family. Yeah. But he didn't spitball that he might have committed suicide. I've seen it posited that he may have committed suicide. I'm sure people are Mm -hmm. thinking of that theory now, but. You kind of, I mean, that's really, like I said, an accident seems ridiculous yeah. yeah so it really is foul play or suicide yeah and the foul play can take different permutations but it's still some version of that foul play I think whether it's, it's yeah. higher or coincidence and like a carjacking gone bad kind of a thing a, a robbery i guess gone bad yeah or if it was purposeful i think foul play i wish that, that which do you think of those of the two variants of foul play the murder for hire for donald or just some at the restaurant and thought we can score a a quick little because they are they're they're thieves, so that makes sense to me that they thought there was just it had nothing to do with Donald and Donald's weirdness is coincidental. And that they just saw him, said easy mark, you know, and, and they tried to rob him. He fought back, smacked him over the head, he died, or they shot him, yeah, in a panic. And they realized we got to kill the rest of them. And they apparently shot one or two of the girls in the forehead. 
and are are the the report of that is just a, a, a mistake. A well, weird they said it, it could have been a gunshot, or it just could have been from blunt force. You okay. know, oh, mm-hmm. I see. Like the gun trauma, but when the when yeah, they, it could have been like the butt of the, the gun, water. maybe, or when the car hit the okay, water so too. They don't yeah, know. so it's probably not. Uh, I wouldn't. Well, I don't know. If they found the other bodies and you found bullet holes in all of them, then you know what happened. Yeah. Especially if Ken has a bullet hole. Yeah. Um, Which is why Detective Craven really wanted those bodies yeah. to be found. But. Huh. Then again, the, the suspiciousness. The suspiciousness of Donald is suggestive. The gun connection with him is a little more than suggestive. I know. That that's, does make it odd. That's, that's why I'm trying to yeah. find a way for and those two guys to get the gun. The gun is only connected to it because it was found in the same yeah. area. But, I mean, we, we've got a big area. Did they ask Ken what happened to that gun? You know, was it quite stolen? Like, there's always the convenient thing when people want to murder somebody. I, I'm sure they did, mm-hmm. but I think it was something like, I don't, you know, no I don't idea. know what happened to it kind of thing, yeah. Hmm. That's so. interesting. Because the, the other thing is that Ken had it. And That's Ken what may, I was going to say. Used it. His parents yeah. paid for everything. Yeah. So he may have still had the gun. Yeah. yeah. That, that throws it back to Ken. Yeah. As being. Or maybe he's using, try to use it to protect himself. But if you got to bring a weapon yeah. to fight, you got to know how to That's use true. it. That's true. Yeah. That's true, too. Yeah. He could have had it. He didn't it. know how to use it. Got That's taken odd. away from him. I don't think most people packed heat in 1958 in rural yeah. Oregon. Yeah. yeah. That's probably not. Yeah. It doesn't seem. I mean, it could have been. Could have been just in, in the glove, did get glove compartment. You never know. And, and yeah. And they did take it from him and use it against him in their robbery attempt. Yeah. Or Donald had Rain give it to him, and yeah. they murdered the family for Donald to get three hundred large. Well, Donald ended up moving to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Oh fuck yeah! Very Got suspicious. Married did he have leprosy to a woman named Helen. And she was his beard. He was her merkin. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine maybe he ended up there because of the Navy and then oh. just stayed there. And they had four children. He never mentioned to mm. his family really? what happened to his parents and sisters. Hmm. Which is odd. That's weird as fuck. What? If you don't yeah. know, you had like a grandma, grandpa, and aunts because they were all dead. Yeah. <sighs> I'm going to have to go. Sixty, Donald did it. Thirty, coincidence. Uh, the two thugs met him. Robbery turned to murder. Ten, suicide. Um, you know, ten percent to yeah. suicide by Ken. Zero percent accident, or you know, maybe one. Yeah, it's just so incredibly unlikely. I I have a higher percentage of accident over really? suicide. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't. Mm. I just don't. Think. I mean, they're from there, so they know how to drive up in the mountain. Yeah, and it was. It, yeah, mean, but there, I'm sure there, those accidents happen. Yeah, uh, you know? it'd be I to know. Think, yeah. yeah, does the highway, does the highway like hug the cliff at points? I don't know. Yeah, like it does appear. Where where they found it? No. Yeah, I, I didn't mean, think it's so. very. It's not like you're. Yeah, you would have to go semi off roading for him to get over the cliff, and, and just uh, really rocky. Yeah, I mean, that just makes no sense. Yeah, so I I, I stick with my. I, in fact, I'm going back to zero. Percent accident. Sorry, Kerr. That's all right. You don't hate me? No. Okay. Not at all. Uh, do you think, what do you, what do you, of the two foul plays, though, you to, I, I need a decision, Kerr. 50 50. Ugh. Yeah. I just don't know. And I'll post these pictures on Facebook, but they, there's these three 
really cute pictures of the girls. And, you know, so they're clearly from the 1950s, black and white. They're like portraits that they must have hanging in their house. And they're these square portraits. Each one is just the girl. And it's kind of like just mostly their their heads and shoulders, maybe. And they're all looking in different directions. And only one of them is looking directly at the camera. So one's like looking up, like the Brady Bunch kind of things. You it's know, amazing. You're in a square and you're looking up to the left and the other one's looking down to the right. And then Susan's I do looking that. straight forward. I thought we really missed our opportunity. We should have done that with our kids. Yeah, you blew it. I know. You I want to do that. research into disappearances back then. You would have seen that. Yeah. But they are real cute. Mm-hmm. Can we go back in time, Erin? No, I'm going to do me and my wife staring at our dog. <laughs> She's in the middle. Put her in the middle. Who's, yes. who's going to be looking at the camera? <laughs> yes, of course. We she can get will? her to look at the camera. Okay. Uh-huh. She's having a treat behind it. Okay. Well, that's an interesting one, Carrie. I know it is. Sad. It's sad. Very sad. Yeah. Because I don't think, I mean, there's no way it's not sad, actually. But it's... Uh, Either I mean, way, they did. They seem like a nice family, yeah. unless they were mean to their son because they thought he was gay. Well, yeah, in 1958, rude. just being mad at his roommate mm-hmm. is sounds pretty chill. No, comparatively, still rude. still rude. Well, I don't know. They we have sent a zero him tolerance away. policy here. Yeah, 1958, no, not having tolerance. him. All they did was send him to a strange school in Connecticut. Zero tolerance. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. All right. You know, plenty of people did find out they had gay family members and were fine. And didn't change their relationship. And they sent them to the Navy. No, they didn't. <laughs> he was like, wait, what's your idea? I'm up for that. I'll go to the Navy. <laughs> Sounds cool. Okay. Thanks, so anyway, That's it. Thank you for that chilling, baffling story to one we just simply don't have the right answer and almost certainly never will. I guess it would take finding the bodies. Yeah. It would take finding the, the car. car, finding the bodies, and especially the bodies, though, because if there are clear wounds of injury. Yeah. But even then, even... If there was a, a, a Ken, Ken could have, you know, killed them all, jumped off or drove off the cliff, and then popped one at himself before he drowned. Yeah. And so you wouldn't be able to tell necessarily, unless it was in the back of the head, if that was su- yeah. suicide or uh, murder. Yeah. So you need to find Ken's body, most importantly, I suppose. Yeah. Because it wasn't the wife. I Barb would never do something no. like that. But I don't suspect Barb either. But I still go with foul play. Yep. Well, thank you, Carrie. You're welcome. Hopefully, we'll find out. If we do find out, we'll, we'll um, give you an update. Yep. Let you know. Okay. All right, everyone. All right, everyone. Thank you that for listening. It. Bye.